voice anime. Hello. Sorry if I sound a little messed up. It's because I am very sick. But I will do my best to not cough in your ear or at the very least to be a good editor and like take it out. But no promises. Uh, so this was uh, episode 33 to uh, 37. 37. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, see, I already fucked it up. Uh, the... Uh, last time we ended on the Geiersberg Fortress just getting ready to fire the laser, and appropriately we start up exactly with that. Yeah, there was no intro on episode 33, it's just the laser is firing. Uh, it shot Izzlehorn, and like 4,000 people died, and they're all really sad. So Shankop got real angry and told them to fire Thor's laser back, so they do, and more people died. And, uh, yeah... They both started saying, like, well, this isn't going to work like this. We need to actually get the fleets out there and do stuff. Uh, back on Heinesen, uh Yang has already left, but Bukok wants to give him reinforcements as he go- leaves and wants to launch the first fleet and send out the Izzlehorn, but all the politicians there are no because they need their safety blanket. Um, yeah, especially because yeah, he, destroyed, he destroyed the Artemis necklace. So he's like, well, we got to leave people here because somebody destroyed our defense system. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Um, so after the uh, Geisberg Fortress fired its laser, I guess the Galactic Empire had like a bunch of like uh, stormtrooper kind of people ready to land on the fortress and try to infiltrate it. Um, they are like approaching is, with landing crafts and all that. So it's Shank- kind of funny because I don't know how they would have gotten inside because they would have had to have punched through the creamy, creamy mercury uh, crust, so to speak. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to do with it because they show the landing craft. The landing craft like stop on the surface of it, and then like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of like jet skis come out. Yeah, they yeah. have all their skidoos and shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm so wondering like, if it's like, for what it's worth, it is the Empire's fortress, so maybe they know of some bullshit. Maybe this was like a thing they had planned for. Maybe they just had. They have like those, you know, like inside swamps, those fan boats and stuff. They just had those that worked in outer space. And there's like, we got to use it somewhere. This is going to be perfect. <laughs> Maybe Oberstein just wanted to make the dopest progressive metal album cover of dudes in like cool skull armor fucking riding jet skis over liquid metal attacking each other with axes. Because that's exactly what's happening, by the way. It's, of course, jet ski axe combat time. Yeah, so uh, Shankop sees that they're trying to land stuff, and he's like, holy fuck, I'm not missing jet ski time. So he goes out on his own jet ski with a whole bunch of the Resonators, and uh, they have some sweet-ass axe jet ski combat. Mm-hmm. Um, Shankop tears the shit up, and the uh, Empire eventually ends up retreating. Um, back inside, Shenkop and Kazern are wondering about whether or not uh, there were any POWs taken on their side because they know that if any of them are interrogated and talk and say that Yang isn't there, that could be terrible for them. Um, Shenkop basically says, listen, if they don't come back, they're probably either dead or captured. I have no idea to tell because it's combat. We just don't know that stuff. So they're concerned about that. Uh, meanwhile, Yang is on his boat ride back out. He's uh, talking with Frederica because I guess there's nothing else to do on a four-week cruise. Um, he was musing over the fact that he kind of put two and two together and realizes that Fazan probably asked for the inquiry in order to get him away. Or either Fazan or someone in the Empire did anyway because the timing and is way too convenient. And it's a little unclear how he pieced some of it together. This one was a bit of a leap in logic for you. Yeah, like it, wasn't it, it like makes sense that he clear. knows that someone tried to get him away, but the fact that he had leaped to correctly Fazan was kind of weird. But So back at Izzlehorn, the uh, 
Muller and Kempfar are getting ready to start another round of attacks. They launch all of their ships from Geisberg Fortress, and they fly it around to the opposite side of Izzelhorn uh, from the fortress, uh, staying out of range of the laser, the Thor's laser, of course. And then Kempf decides to slowly move Geisberg Fortress closer to Izzelhorn. Um, this has a couple things happen. First off, they just start firing lasers at each other, because, of course, why would they not fire the lasers at each other? But um, what happens is that Geisberg, when it gets close to Izzelhorn, uses its gravity to pull the liquid metal like on to one side of the planet, like a tide. So this means that the backside of Izzelhorn is completely exposed, and Muller's fleet starts shooting it and blows a big <coughs> hole in it. Uh, and also, the other huge thing is they... So, in using the gravity to pull the liquid metal to one side, they pulled too much of it on top of uh, the Thor's hammer, so the main cannon was fucked up as well. Yeah. Like, they put a big lens of liquid metal over it. Later on, they decide to try and fire it anyway, and it ends up turning out like, no, I mean, you're still just spraying a billion pounds of death laser in the air. It, <laughs> it's not aimed well, but, like, fucking whatever. <laughs> just gotta be close. Yeah. <laughs> Horseshoes, uh, hand grenades, and apparently ship-to-ship combat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's while this is happening, there's some, like, it, weirdly, this episode is weird because it cuts between the action combat section and then, like, Yang doing absolutely nothing, I guess, to break it up a bit. But um, there's a flashback of Yang talking to Julian, and Yang was saying that he should go out with Kazurin's daughter because I guess it's not weird for a 15-year-old to date, like, a 10-year-old. And then Julian says he should go out with Greenhorn because Yang is too stupid to notice she likes him. Um, it's also, they also say it's basically like the same age gap, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Because Yang is supposed to be 30 and Green and uh, Frederick is supposed to be like 20, early 20s. Uh, 24, he's 31 at this point. Yeah. Um, they also talk about the government for a while. Um, Frederick, I think, brought up the fact that like uh, Reinhardt's in a dictatorship and it doesn't you know, abide by the will of the people. But Yang counters that dictatorships aren't necessarily a bad thing. It's just the style of government and the people is what makes them good or bad. Um, and the problem that he points out is just that uh, while this dictatorship might be good, the problem is the way succession works doesn't guarantee that yeah. the next dictator, like the next dictatorship, could be very bad. Yeah, and that's he was likely what's going, going over to happen. The pros is- and cons of it, like democracies have the will of the people, but they move really slowly and they are viable to corruption over long periods of time. While dictatorships can be either good or corrupt very quickly, and then there's also problems with how to deal with secession and stuff, like you said. So they're just kind of musing over the different forms of government. Um, back on Islehorn, I got a couple of notes here. Uh, Julian is going to do his Top Gun thing. He's shooting things. Um, Murkatz is watching Muller Sleep just blow up the backside of Islehorn and is like, listen, we need to go out there and stop this because since all the liquid mercury is on one side, they can't move the Thor's cannon around to the other side. So uh, he asks for the keys to the fleet. Kazurin uh, says, sure, gives it to him. Um, they get these, He gets the support of the rest of the uh, fleet admirals on Islehorn, which is funny because even though he used to be an Empire guy himself, like they all realize that he's better than them. Yeah, it was it was a pretty clear moment of like trust because yeah. he straight up Meerkats is just like, hey man, I'm not trying to say anything like offensive or like be a dick, but like I think I can do this a little better than you can. Do you trust me to do this? And it's kind of this moment of like Yang trusts you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, fuck it, man. Go kill him. Gave like, yeah, it's, because of Yang. The thing is, is mm-hmm. they don't really spell it out too often, but Kasern is kind of good at like leadership and management and stuff. But when he's left in charge for like a battle situation, he's 
pretty clearly over his head. He's not like losing a shit or freaking out. You can pretty much tell, oh, this isn't his sort of it's jam. It's not his area. Yeah. Yeah, it's not his forte. And Marquette's just like, okay, I got this. <laughs> Give me the keys. So uh, Murkatz goes out and does some weird fleet movements, and this kind of spooks Muller, because Muller's just kind of bombarding the back of the fortress, and he doesn't know why these ships are kind of flying around the way they are. I love this, because once again, we get one of these lines that Mueller says right here is basically like, no, this is Yang. This has got to be a trap. And does yeah. the complete wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, so what they do is, even though there's no liquid metal on the back of the fortress, they can still kind of move the lasers to the side of it. And they just start kind of firing the Thor's hammer kind of wildly. This makes Muller try to get back to Geisberg because he doesn't know what's happening. And in doing so, he gets himself trapped in uh, Merkatz's fleet. And then he starts getting destroyed. Um, Kempf, tells his, Kempf sees this and he tells his other vice admirals chilling around to go get Muller and save his ass. Uh, Merkatz lets them escape, but uh, you know picks off people as he can to try to reduce their fleet strength. Um, this has the end effect of Kemp getting very angry at Muller and yelling at him a lot, and this kind of breaks the trust between the two of them. Mm-hmm. This uh, was kind of interesting because they um, Mueller was kind of rubbed wrong by this, but earlier Kemp was—I uh, mean, this is, they're supposed to work shoulder to shoulder, but Kemp—I mean, they're all the same rank, but I believe this is mainly Kemp's thing. So he yeah, basically yeah. chewed out Mueller the after he got you know destroyed, basically, but. Yeah. Uh, Earlier on, Kemp was pretty much like, well, we got this thing in the bag. And then after Mueller fucks up, then all of a sudden he's like, shit, this can still go very bad. Well, the narrator kind of Mm -hmm. insinuates and it's kind of shown uh, that Kemp is doing this because he wants to get like honor and glory, I guess you could say, because he wants to kind of catch up. That that's what's kind of strange because this this motivation of his, I mean, even though his character was kind of in the sidelines in the back, I mean, previously he was kind of sidelined. This motivation of his kind of came out of nowhere, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's kind of like all of a sudden you find out, oh, he's got one of the highest positions in the military, but it's not good enough, and he's jealous of um, Royenthal. Yeah. And the thing too is, it's like it seems like when Kirky Ice was around, right? There was a certain stability to it. Like mm-hmm. everyone knew who the number two guy was. Like it was like Overseen, Kirky Ice, and then the military guys, and that was cool, and that was fine, and everyone knew it. It's just like, yeah, that's kind of more of his personal friend and his advisor. And then there's us, and we're he cares about us, but we're the military guys, and that's fine. It's like, but is he trying to now, make himself more indispensable or something? I mean, I think it's like they're trying to be the next Kirky Ice, I guess. It's what it kind of feels like. Like everyone's trying to get that position of being <laughs> the, the next most valued number two, when in reality, there just really doesn't need to be one. Like, there's just mm-hmm. no, there's not actually a need for it. Uh, but in, yeah, it's creating some tension between uh, everybody and then all, like, Runthal Mittenmeyer comma versus everyone because they're currently like the top special boys yeah Yeah. so the episode ends with a few more scenes first off ryan after Mueller's ass gets saved uh ryan calls in kemp and say hey how are you going and kemp's like well this is going kind of shitty right now but he tells (laughs) reinhardt that he's uh, at an advantage i think was the only words yeah that's all he said it's good it's going good don't worry about it (laughs) yeah and then finally uh there's a scene of Kemp, I think it's Kemp getting information that Yang may not be on the fortress because they interrogated some captured uh, troops from earlier. Well, that was Mueller. Oh, it was Mueller. Sorry. Yeah, M- Mueller caught wind of it. Yeah. 
But it's funny because episode 34 starts with another president of war they had saying that he was told to say that Yang wasn't there. So they are kind of confused on whether or not they he is or is not there. And they kind of suspect that... And well, once this- again, the Yang-Wenli psych-out gambit works mm-hmm. again, where you convince <laughs> them, oh no, actually, I'm just making some very high IQ plays over here, as you're actually just doing the simplest thing. Like, it's like... Oh, they must be trying to flank us around the back and all this. And it's like, just run straight at him and shoot your guns at him. That's the actual plan. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. No one's that dumb. Yeah, so Miller doesn't know if he's there or not. So he thinks it may be a good idea to put out some recon ships to see if any reinforcements come to see if they can try to get him. But uh, Kemp gets information about this. He says, don't do that. We need all the troop strength we can get. And he makes them pull back the fleets, which was a bad move. Um, yeah, because they were planning on basically like putting a capture fleet just between uh, the FPA and Isselhorn because they know if Yang is coming back, he'll be coming back in a like reinforcement group. They'll send more than just him. Yeah. So back on uh, back on Planet Odin, Ryan is kind of upset by Kemp's one line message about how the battle's going. So he sends uh, Rittenthal and Mittmeyer out there. The two of them don't really know why he's sending them because by the time they get there the battle's either going to be over or it's too late like there's no chance of them kind of arriving in time but um they go anyway because they're told to uh ryan talks with oberstein for a bit uh he says that they should have just rammed geisberg into Isahorn because there's no real value in them capturing it anymore um oberstein says that you know brute force can't always win fights so there's sometimes there needs to be uh other-handed methods to do stuff and ryan says that he doesn't want to steal the galaxy. He wants to seize it, and he doesn't want any more of these underhanded plans for the time being because, mm-hmm. I don't know, he just seemed like he was venting at Oberstein. Uh, and then, yeah, Yang confirms, yeah, they should have just crashed fortresses. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the advantage once the fortresses were out of commission, and if they were willing to just sacrifice their slightly worse fortress for our better fortress. Yeah, the Plus, fleets. apparently, it would have... Like, Yang really liked that idea, too, because it, like, reduced casualties, because you're basically just removing the two scariest weapons from the fight and then just turning it into a regular, only 10 million people die space <laughs> combat. Mm-hmm. Also said, I think Yang also said to the fact that, like, in fleet battles, because he wasn't there, Kempf and Moeller would have had the upper hand. And if both of the yeah. fortresses were knocking out, then it would have been just a straight-up fleet battle, and the Galactic Empire would have won that. But he was saying that Kemp has, like, too much honor because, like, Kemp challenges, like, a couple episodes back. He, like, straight up challenged them to, like, you know, good fight and all that fun stuff. So um, we cut over to the Free Planet ambassador on Heineson talking to uh, the mob lawyer guy whose name I always forget. What is his name? Rupert? Yeah. Um, the ambassador is upset that... Uh, Yang was away from Isilhorn at the time that the Galactic Empire attacked, and he's kind of taking this out on Rupert for, you know, insinuating that they should have, you know, asked them all these inquiry questions. And Rupert's kind oh, of like... Oh, yeah, no. He's trying to call him and be like... Uh, he's trying to call out the Fazan guy on being like, you definitely made sure we just pulled Yang away so that the Empire could attack. What the fuck, my guy? And he's like, hey, man, we were just pointing out that, you know... Yang was in a pretty good position to do a coup, and maybe you should check it out. We didn't, like, force you to go pull him yeah. away from the front lines. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Says, that like, was dumb. You didn't have to do it, you idiot. You're like, we were just saying things. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And then the fun yeah, just because I say like yeah, just because I say your house is on fire doesn't mean you should get a fire hose and like spray it down before you check. <laughs> <laughs> so the ambassador was saying that Fazan had made it sound like it was like blackmail because they had brought up the whole debt thing, and they're saying that if this didn't happen, the debts may be called in. So like he was trying to basically protect his ass, but the uh, Rupert's having none of it. He says they did it on their own; it was their fault. And uh, later on in the conversation, he also casually drops that the um, he just like out of the blue talks about how the Trudent administration is currently in power, the Yan administration may be next in power, and uh, this kind of destroys the minds of the Free Planet Alliance like ambassador guy. Like, well, the worst part is yeah, he's just like he's like, hey man, you tricked us into fucking pulling Yang away from the front lines to like do some bullshit, and we're not gonna do that again. And he's like. All right, man. Well, the Yang, you know, the Yang administration might be up soon. He's like, we're gonna have to pull Yang off the front lines. <laughs> yeah. just gonna, I just have the, the Fazan here. guys just kind of rubbing his hands together, idiot. just like, <laughs> yeah, just got him again. <laughs> yeah, the guy is a big. That was the stupid suit guy whose name I forgot as well. Um, that wasn't Baltic, was it? No, Baltic was commissioner. Um, yeah, Baltic's a different dude. He was the Fazan oh. guy. Uh, yeah, he was Henslow. That's it. Henslow. Yeah. There's, yeah. Anyway, uh, back on Islehorn, um, the Galactic Empire has finally noticed Yang's reinforcement fleet. Um, they're kind of in a pickle of what to do because they obviously want to attack Yang's fleet, but they don't want to fly their fleet between Yang and Islehorn uh, because then obviously Murkats will launch and they'll be in a you know pincher attack. So their plan is to go up to Islehorn try to stop the fleet from leaving by, like, shooting at them and stuff, and then go attack the reinforcements. Uh, this plan is pretty dumb because Julian, who has, like, real no no real training, just, like, on the bridge of Isahorn just says, oh, this is what they're going to do. We have to <laughs> Yeah, he's serving coffee. He's like, oh, I see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of a stupid because, I mean, like, you have these fleet admirals that were, like, trained in their thing, and they have this 15-year-old boy just kind of read what's happening, but... They uh, kind of go along with the trap for a while. Um, they pretend to leave the fortress. They get attacked by the Galactic Empire. They pretend to land, but they just kind of chill underneath the uh, molten mercury stuff for a while. Um, they, the Galactic Empire then goes after Yang's fleet. Uh, they kind of back up, so they kept that range. This allows the fleet at Izzelhorn to launch, and then they just kind of destroy the shit out of the Galactic Empire's fleet like it's a massacre. Um, because Yang's in the front of them and Murkatz is behind them and they really can't go anywhere else because apparently in this Islehorn corridor there's like no room for maneuvering. So it's at this point that like a lot of the Galactic Empire ships are blowing up. A couple of the vice admirals they were introduced briefly die. Um, Kempf's getting shot up pretty bad. Muller is, uh, I think, injured his ribs or something. Kempf decides that this fight is going very badly, um, and he orders Geisberg into, uh, to smash into Islehorn like he should have in the first place. Um, they, and it's one of those things where it's like it's a little too little, too late. Like the strategy would have been, yeah, he just should have done it from at the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah, but yeah, but like since they took so long to do it, they've kind of they've given up their advantage, is what they did, and yeah, they've kind of reset to neutral. So now that the Free Planet Alliance has a better field of ships than they do so they uh retreat the galactic about retreats back to geisberg as it's kind of winding up the crash in the Islehorn, and yang lets this happen um some of the admirals of the alliance think that's a bad idea but of course yang has plans upon plans um as geisberg is uh 
charging up the ramming speed, Yang shoots the engine only on one side. This has the Geisberg Fortress turn into the rest of the Galactic Empire's mm-hmm. fleet and just crash into shit. It also makes it so that like the backside of Geisberg is now uh, facing Izzelhorn, so they shoot with Thor's laser, and the entire thing blows up. Like, everybody dies. It's like they always say, life is like a hurricane here on Geisberg. <laughs> anyway, Mueller you gets entered. You that one out. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 okay sorry wait what do i need to what do you want me to exactly edit out because i'm gonna need to hear exactly what needs to be edited out again so i can definitely edit it out both times and not, anyways and not none anyways mueller gets injured that whole the whole scene with mueller getting injured felt incredibly rushed like he bumped into a cabinet fell down and he immediately says how long am i gonna be out and the doctor shows up and says the doctor how long am i gonna be out doctor leans down says oh you broke six ribs (laughs) yeah i don't know how he was able to tell that it feels like they were like it feels like a high school play was trying to write a character out real quick (laughs) yes absolutely it would have made more sense for him to fall down and then have the cut to him in bed later recapping yeah. that because the or, or just like was... show him going into a stairwell and then like play some comical falling down the stairs noises <laughs> and like a cat being like yeah my whole ass <laughs> doctor how am i gonna be out oh this is a pretty bad ass injury i've never seen a cracked ass like this in some time <laughs> oofa doofa you've got three tailbones <laughs> <laughs> yeah so kemp gets back to geisberg as this is happening geisberg eventually blows up um there's some shots of all the troops trying to evacuate geisberg and get onto like uh know, rescue boats or whatever um it's kind of full mutiny panic at this point mm-hmm. and everyone dies because geisberg blows up uh, Moeller breaks his ribs he learns that kemp is dead and then kemp's last words were apologies to Mueller. this makes Mueller real pissed but he retreats um because he's fleets and shambles. And I guess some of the other Free Planet Alliance dudes um, that went out to Isselhorn back when they were just needing bodies, uh, follow them? Yeah. This- they, so this was um, one of the guys, um, I think his name was Alarcon. There was one guy in particular that when they were collecting bodies, Bucock mentioned a couple names, and one of them in particular oh, was brought yeah. up on charges for killing uh, POWs. Yeah. Like, basically a big piece of shit, dude. And I believe it was Alarcon, and he's the also guy who, appear, who appeared briefly to Sasset Yang. And as soon as they get to Iserlone, they see the troops retreating. Yang says, okay, we've won today. And then he finds out that all the people he brought with him, including that asshole, go off and give chase because they think Yang is being a softie. Yeah, they, uh, it's foreshadowed early on, but yeah, basically, like, Bucock's going through the list, and it's, I think it's when they're trying to get the first fleet to dispatch, and he's like, look, we had to scrounge up literal war criminals yeah. who managed to somehow not get prosecuted for it. That's like, how low this guy in the barrel Wasn't this guy digging. brought up on charges for killing POWs? Yeah, but there wasn't enough evidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically, it was a case of, like, they were set to go either suppress a riot or just something. Like, they were just keeping control of the planet. And while maintaining those operations, they did everything terrible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so now now that they're being deployed, you know, Yang kind of has to now deal with this situation of we've already won and Yang is very pro not killing people when it's unnecessary. Like when a battle is over, it's fucking over. We're done. <laughs> and instead, these shits go out and they're just like, well, we're going to kill them now so they can't kill us later. And, it should mm-hmm. be noted mm-hmm. the type of person L.R. Cohen is. His ship is painted in dazzled camel that is yellow and orange. Mm. So... <laughs> of course he's a the great movie, guy the, the action movie poster colors yeah mm-hmm. 
So episode fifty or thirty-five, sorry, starts off with um, Muller meeting Mittenmeyer, like they meet kind of coming towards each other because uh, Mittenmeyer and Rutenthal were on their way out. Um, he informs Mittenmeyer of what happened, and he also knows that hey, my fleet's in shambles, but you need to deal with the dudes chasing after us. Uh, so Mittenmeyer says, "Sure, we'll take care of that." Uh, both him and Rutenthal, in a pretty funny hand-waving sort of way, destroy the entire fleet of LR Cones. Like it was like two minutes or less, they just blew everything up. Um, then they notice that Yang shows up with the rest of the fleet, which is much bigger than their combined fleets, and they don't want to fight him, so they just kind of, you know, scamper off. Uh, Yang just returns the Izzelhorn because he wants to sit down and have some tea or something. Uh, at the meantime, Mob Lawyer, uh, I can't, I can't stop calling him that. His name is Rupert. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rupert, the lawyer. Yeah, he is talking to uh, Rubinsky, uh, saying, doing some more number stuff. And they're realizing that the Free Planet Alliance is going to bankrupt themselves because they're spending way too much money on defense. Uh, in peacetime, it's supposed to be like 5 or 7% or something, and they're doing like 35%. So, what country like, would do that? Yeah, I don't know who would spend thirty percent of their budget on the fence. Anyway, um, anyway. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> uh, Rubinsky is uh, shown that he's up to shit. He's planning on leaking some documents to the Galactic Empire, probably the documents about the uh, um, Free Planet Alliance's monetary states and all that. And it's also just casually dropped in this conversation that Rubinsky is Rupert's dad, uh, not legitimate, <laughs> but. It's a yeah, that was the, the writing in these few episodes have a few weird interjections like this one particularly is like, by the way, you're my boy. Yeah, the it's it's brought up weird, too, because like Rubinsky is kind of praising him for how good he is. And Rupert was like wondering if his appointment was just nepotism because he knew he was a son. But yeah, uh, Rupert was feeling that hopefully it was because it was based on merit because he's really smart and he went to all the good colleges and all that stuff. But um, there's kind of a tension between the two. Like Rubinsky knows that Rupert kind of, it's kind of, there's some animosity between them that there's not full trust there. Yeah. Up to, this point, sons. up to this point on the surface, they seem to get along just fine. And then all of a sudden Rubinsky says, by the way, I know, I know who your mom was and she, died a few years ago and tomorrow's the anniversary take it off i know this because i'm your dad and he's yeah. like yeah i know but uh what i thought was really funny at the end of the scene is rupert's outside and he's monologuing by his car and then it views inside and mr mean is watching on a tv camera <laughs> and part of me just i know it's not the case but part of me wonders he's just sitting there sort of like ah, i heard every word of that god damn are you really my son <laughs> yeah what a dumbass but it does it does seem like part of it is trying to like get in the fact that yes they are related but no seriously this one isn't actually just nepotism he actually is good because mm-hmm. this show does feel the need to point it out it seems like since so many like oh i don't know one of the entire like groups their whole shtick is it's all nepotism and it's all bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the empire is like they're all incompetent because of nepotism. It's like no, no, no. This guy actually is good. So we get a scene of Reinhardt uh, talking with uh, Hilda. Um, they were talking about, uh, of course, parental lineage since it's kind of a continuation of the previous theme. Uh, Ryan was saying how he hates blood lineages. It's stupid because the person may not have the capacity or skill to do the job that their parents did. Um, 
Hildegard asks him questions about like, well, what do you plan on doing for your lineage in this, you know, the current environment here? And he says that any children he had would need to be better than him to take up leadership. So like he would not submit to just having any child of his, you know, be the emperor if they weren't good enough for it. Uh, Oberstein comes in while they're talking uh, with the report that Mittenmeyer and Renthal have about the whole fiasco at Islehorn. It seems that 1.8 million people on their side have died. Uh, Reinhardt is really fucking pissed at this point. He throws, I think, a glass on the floor and all this. Um, though he does his whole deal. He's been doing this deal a lot lately where whenever a tough decision comes up, he'll start rubbing the locket he has of the picture of him, Anna Rose, and Kilkeis in it. And he decides not to punish Muller because despite the fact that Muller lost the fight, he's still a very competent and good admiral. And this was kind of shown in the previous couple episodes because most of the faults in the battle were uh, Kemp's. But yeah, it was Kemp's refusing to listen to Mueller. Yeah. yeah. So Mueller comes in. Um, he's still very injured. He has like stuff around his head and his like arms at a splint and everything. He grovels in front of Reinhardt's. Uh... Yeah, he's like bleeding on the floor. <laughs> that, that, still. That's the thing. They've <laughs> said in the past that going from the Iserlone corridor over to Odin is a three week trip and. He's over here, and he's still, like, gushing blood out of his head. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do the Game of Thrones things where they just stop caring about travel yeah. time after a while. They just want to... Well, also, I think they want to make sure you remember someone's wounded, and it's a very, just, like, soap opera way to do it. Well, it's yeah. like it's, it's having like, an anime um, character have, like, tum-tum bandages to be like, he got hurt. It's like... It's like <laughs> his tummy bandages. Well, it's like, coming back to the point we mentioned earlier, there's uh, this season in particular, maybe... Maybe I'm just imagining it, but this season so far feels a lot like um, some scenes are very theatrical. Like it's something you would see played up and hammed out on a stage, the way they're acting and the things they are doing. Like this whole scene, they need the visual of the head bandage and the blood and all that. Mm -hmm. The odd monologuing. It's more like a Shakespearean play yeah, yeah. than yeah, yeah, some of these scenes. Well, the Galactic Empire side seems it's very playish anyway, kind of. Mm -hmm. with all They're those. very theatrical yeah. to begin with, yeah. That's just how they are, actually. Weird. So, <laughs> Muller, Fucking nobles. Muller is groveling. <laughs> he apologizes for all of the misdeeds and all that, and he said he's going to you know, take responsibility for all it. Reinhardt uh, pardons it off, says it's okay, that he should be better next time, and uh, Muller just passes out on the floor in front of him. <laughs> Reinhardt then brings in Shaft. Um, Shaft is saying that the plan was foolproof, that it isn't his fault that everything uh, Shaft, by the way, for anyone who doesn't remember offhand, Shaft was the scientific advisor who came up or was fed the plan to strap the engines onto yeah. the ship and all mm -hmm. that. And uh, Ryan brings that up immediately, that, uh, she, that it was... Um, leaked to him by Fazant um, and then puts him under arrest for embezzlement betraying military secrets and all that shit Shaft is like on what charges what proof do you have and it doesn't matter because he just gets hauled off to wherever mm -hmm. um, it's one of those very quiet like it's never said but the series may as well have like a blinking light in the background of just like dictatorship <laughs> Just like, this is one of the differences. I mean, there could be arguments on either side to get... I mean, like, this guy is, in a way, a mole in the government. He didn't need... Oh, it's very much a for better or worse thing. Yeah. But it would... Yeah, it's just like, this is one of those scenes of just like, for better or worse, this is how a difference is. here, but, I mean... Yeah, it is exactly. an effective way to get rid of people that are Exactly, yeah. It's like when, when Yang repeatedly is like... Yeah, man, corruption is really slow. Everything's really slow. It takes forever to get stuff done. 
I mean, Ryan can just say that guy's a shit and get rid of him and doesn't actually need a reason. So, yeah. like, shit. <laughs> uh, so, Reinhardt says that he doesn't want Fazan uh, influencing anything inside of his uh, politics anymore. I, I don't know why anybody would ever think that a foreign government could influence another government's politics. But uh, he says <laughs> he wants more security at the Fazan office and he wants, like, uh, the ambassadors and stuff checked over there to make sure they're not taking bribes or anything like that. Um. We get a scene of Muckenberg, who is, the, I am required by law to state, the artistic general. To uh, He goes and tells Kemp family that Kemp has died, um, surprising absolutely no one after the death flag that Kemp had talking to his family earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then his, uh, one of his sons starts screaming about wanting to drink Yang's blood when he becomes an adult. So yeah, it's kind of, it's, yeah. It, I think the purpose of that scene was to show how violence begets more violence because, yeah, this mm-hmm. like five year old child of Kemp's. Like immediately vows to become a soldier and destroy. I will devour his soul, mother. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And of course, there. Also, it's like also violence gets violence, and also just how the demonization of an icon can create a monster that just does not exist. Yes, it's very obvious. Yang just Yang isn't a beast. Yang's a lazy shit who just wants to drink tea and like fucking sit on the couch. Yeah, but he has (laughs) everyone acts like he's at the point where it's he's becoming the focus of these like legends and the hate. And also, they kind of have they have Reinhardt, right? So they actually Mm -hmm. do have someone who's kind of got that same kind of thing going, where it is actually that level of like power grab and ambition and everything so maybe they think it's just yeah yeah, yeah. Also they think we got a reinhardt we know how he is the other side has some dude who's probably just as bad if not worse than reinhardt well, they have all these and they have all these legends of him just being like this incredible military genius and like doing all this stuff and i don't know if they i mean obviously their media probably spins it as like he's a trickster right like yes. he's like a evil trickster who does all this stupid shit and that's how he got Izzelhorn. he you know, he managed to social engineer it from us. Or He's basically Loki, the trickster I mean, he god. <laughs> he hypnotized our generals. <laughs> Don't look directly at Yang Wenli or you'll turn to stone. Cover your eyes. If you learn him. his true name, you'll have you have power over him. You can, ban- you can banish him back to his own realm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we get a scene of Oberstein flagging down Hilda in the hallway, asking if... And uh, Oberstein asked her if she told Reinhardt to be easy on Mueller because, like, again, Oberstein has this deal where he thinks that Reinhardt is too soft at times and previously it was Kilkeis and now he thinks that Hilda's doing that to him. But uh, she did not actually talk to uh, Reinhardt at all and she kind of brings up the fact that, you know, since Reinhardt was rubbing on his locket the entire time, it was probably him thinking of Kilkeis anyway. Um, Hildegard wonders if Oberstein is uh, kind of using Reinhardt for Machiavellian, Machiavellian Garfield yeah. is using him for Machiavellian purposes and I'm pretty sure she legitimately just straight up says Machiavellian purposes mm-hmm. and I still can't believe in the prequel movie we got this one so dead to rights in one shot yeah so, damn like Oberstein is worrying that uh, Ryan is maybe being too soft when he should be more strict in sort of some of these circumstances Hildegard's the exact opposite. She doesn't want Reinhardt to turn into another golden bomb where he's just, you know, casually throwing out death sentences to people and all that because he thinks yeah, it'd be better. Yeah, like, yeah, Oberstein is. I mean, it, it very much is Machiavellian. He wants rule by fear yeah. as, a, as opposed to, like, rule by love or rule by success, you yeah. know, things like that. The, continuing on, we get a scene of Mittenmeyer and Ruth all talking to each other. Uh, Mittenmeyer is happy that uh, Reinhardt was nice to Mueller, and lenient, I should say, to Mueller. 
um, seeing how Mueller is one a good fleet general and two like they seem to have kind of a uh, friendship uh, in a way uh, Rutenthal is saying the opposite that he's not so sure if Ryan's niceness especially in the face of such colossal failures is a good idea because it will may allow other generals to get off easier about not doing their duty um, Mittmeyer says that Reinhardt is the, the greatest hero of this generation um, saying that you know He's doing great reforms back home. All the people seem to like him. He's creating a meritocracy where, you know, there was nepotism before. He's trying to conquer mm. the galaxy, all that. And Rubenthal's wondering kind of to himself if if he had done it all over, could he have been Ryan or he could have been better than Ryan? Uh, and back then, on the Free uh, Planet Alliance side, uh, Yang I remember um, oh. just the last thing right before they do this jump over to back to uh, the Free Planet Alliance. I remember um, Roy Entall and Mittermeier wondering what Yang is up to, and one of them <laughs> says, "Hey, he's probably having a party or some shit like that." He was oh, yeah, over that was the transition. Yeah, yeah. Was like yeah, he's probably partying, having won everything. And it's like hard. He's actually like Julian. Where's my juice? <laughs> yeah, Yang's being a big baby. He's sitting in his bed, surrounded in blankets. So I guess he caught a cold somehow. Um, Space Julian, colds. I don't know. Yeah, Julian's being a mom. They talk about uh, him. Julian wants to formally enlist, being a soldier, which is really strange because one, he, not only has he been the servant for Yang for countless years, and he's a fighter pilot. Like I guess I think they mean officer school. Yeah, we discussed it. We watched it. Yeah, it, I think it may be a translation yeah. thing where he wants to become an officer as opposed to an enlisted soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yang asked just him, like poor localization. Yeah, yeah. Yang asked him why he wants to do this. Um, Julian goes into a spiel about how he wants to protect freedoms, um, both his own and the people around him that he cares about. Yang eventually says, "Yeah, you can do what you like. You know, I'm not your father anyway, so who knows." And I think the reason Yang said that is because Julian gave him a bunch of, uh, what was it, mold wine and juice or something? Well, well, what it was was he he was asking, he was like, he knew he had a cold, and he was like, give me some spiced wine. And he's like, you need, like, some spices and some honey. And fine, I'll put, like, a tiny bit of wine. He's like, come on, not a tiny bit of wine. He's like, tiny bit of wine, Yang. And then he hands it to him, and it's just, like, a glass full of nothing but liquor, (laughs) more or less, like... It shows him pouring it, and he just, like, puts the whole bottle of wine in there and just, like, a dash of honey, and he's like, here you go. And Yang grabs it, takes a drink, and he's like, you got my number, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so they keep talking. Um, he asks, he, uh, he's talking to Julian about the purpose of an army. Uh, there was a quote about how the army is a tool for violence, but there are two kinds, those to control and oppress, and ones to protect and liberate. And he's hoping that the Free Planet Alliance is always going to stay the latter, even though a lot of the times it may be the former for most armies. Um, they're talking more about history because um, when Julian talks about how he wants to be a soldier, like he's like, well, you're a soldier too. And Yang's like, well, I've never wanted to be. I've always wanted to be a historian. And he's talking, he makes some stuff about how the pen is mightier than the sword, that Golden Bomb, despite all of his military power, um, was later you know, shown to be the atrocious ruler that he was. And that the historian has a very powerful role in how, uh, you know, history is recorded. Um, trying to think of what else happened in this. And just that history is, like, the one thing that mankind has over everything else. That yeah. we can, like, go refer to what we've done in the past. And yeah, he's just trying to show and... the historian has, despite the fact that you wouldn't think it, has a lot of power comparable to, like, what a general could have, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the last shot is uh, what was that Make a Wish guy? Uh, the guy who's sick, the sick and dead. boy. <laughs> yeah, the very the very sick boy who was visited by the art general uh, has decided that he is getting very cross about the fact that he has been a sick boy and not been able to like make big changes and stuff. And he's getting very pissed about this and wants to go make a change. Yeah, that's really about it. Yeah, uh, it he, was he Baron Heinrich von Krumbel, and that he wants to leave his mark on history, and he's. Seems to be plotting, yeah, despite was, the fact that he's bed-confined, so... And yeah, that was Baron Heinrich. And yeah, yeah, it seems like he's trying to come up with a plan. Let's face it, uh, it's Legend of the Galactic Heroes. He's probably going to try and kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably just going to be like, oh, I've, got a, I've got a wild hair up my ass to go <laughs> shoot the Reinhardt. Let's go do this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, hey, Reinhardt, I'm a sick boy. Gotcha, kablam! I'll <laughs> like kidnap that's... the president of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> So um, episode 36 starts out with um, – it talks about the role of the acting premier in the uh, Galactic Empire's government. Uh, previously, the Kaiser would always appoint an acting premier as like kind of his right-hand man. Um, Lichtenstein was the last one, um, but Ryan has appointed himself, seeing how the young king, Joseph or whatever, doesn't really have any role in it. And they say this is a – Yeah, they talk about how – Every single other acting premier has been appointed in history. Reinhardt was the first one who just walked in and appointed himself. He was yeah. the first one who just walked up and was like, hey, by the way, I'm the acting premier, if that's cool. If not, I'm the acting premier. So <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to If anybody that is happened, against that, cool. just stand up and you'll get a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, feel free to tell me I am not the acting premier, and I will remind you back. That is incorrect, sir. I am, in fact, the acting premier. I own all of the ships. <laughs> so, Buy the boat, boy? Maybe. Run into me on the streets and I'll show you how to run an empire. <laughs> so um, we get a scene of Hildegard asking uh, asking Reinhardt uh, to go talk to Kessler. Kessler, by the way, remember, got uh, put in as the uh, chief of police guard or whatever you want to call it. Um, Kessler comes up to Reinhardt says that hey guys the old Lipstadt alliance is uh, up to some no good stuff and they have dudes on Odin now um, they give the lineup on the people we met a couple episodes back uh, there's that former captain uh, Schumacher uh, there's that poet guy named Landsberg um, they're the guys that have been set up by Fazan to do some stuff that we don't know yet um, oh like the farming general or whatever <laughs> yeah the, the general yeah. was farming they used to be part of the Lipstadt group um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those were the nobles that were opposed to, like, Rhine's movement, basically. Yeah. Um, they surmise that Fazan has asked these people to do something, and that they're all up to no good, uh, but they don't really know what's up yet. Um, Ryan asks Hildegard what her opinion uh, is on it, and uh, she's like, well, these guys are obviously going to do some sort of terrorism of some kind, because why else would they be, you know, out here? Um, she says that she thinks that they probably won't assassinate because that's probably a bad idea given the guard but they probably want to kidnap because that would throw the government in bigger disarray than an assassination yeah, would basically hey Fazan probably doesn't want full chaos they just want a bit of instability to make this war go slower and like drag things on they want you to win but they want it to be like a pain yeah it seems like like yeah. she brought up the fact like if they assassinated like uh reinhardt for example then like the entire military might would just destroy fazan like so that's not going to happen but a kidnapping yeah. would be you know good enough to put some chaos around like you said so 
Yeah, it yeah. says, so who would they kidnap? Uh, I don't know. Um, first one that comes to mind, maybe your sister. Those motherfuckers! <laughs> it just well, yeah, Reinhardt so immediately like, loses his shit. Like, yeah, at first she's like, well, they might try and kidnap you. And he's like, well, they might try and kidnap a gun <laughs> at them as well. Like, and they're yeah. like, okay, okay, well, I agree. Uh, kidnapping you is probably a shitty idea because you're crazy. Uh, also your sister and then yeah he immediately just like pounds his fist on the desk and he's like if they touch my sister i'll send them to hell and they're like she's like <laughs> she's okay like well calm down maybe calm- your yeah, sister she, how she, could they yeah. yeah and she legit she's like sorry sorry i didn't mean to cause you any undue stress shouldn't have even said it because they're definitely just going to kidnap the baby king and then reinhardt's like oh shit yeah baby oh king. the boss baby yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, boss baby. And yeah. Hildegard frames this as it's not so much a, a kidnapping as it is a rescue of a master in harm's way and doing their dutiful service as the old, you know, and that's nobles of the how they're going to justify yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It also would be more easier to deal with the kid, you know, than one of these two, and it won't bring the full might of the army down on them. I think it's funny is when, um, I always get the name mixed up, the, uh, the intelligence guy here. Is it Mule? Kessler. Kessler. I always get Kessler, Kessler and yeah. Mueller's names mixed up. I don't know why. They look kind of similar. Uh, Kessler is the chief yeah. of police, and oh, yeah, Mueller yeah. is the, well, I know. Is the pilot I, I just, man. Yeah. When Kessler first appeared, I thought I remembered his name being Mueller, and I keep falling back on that. But <laughs> anyway, how the, dare uh, do you? How dare do you mix up <laughs> two of these like 150 names? <laughs> What's wrong with you, G? Up, geez. Kessler has like a just for men shade of gray streak in his yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, he's got the gray streak, but Kessler. Um, the thing is, when he's introducing these people to Reinhardt, he's like giving them like the PowerPoint display. Yeah. He shows off Schumacher, and he's kind of like, "Huh, that guy had some. Ch- that guy sounds like he has some talent. He's so young. He got so far in the military. It's a shame he's not on my side." And here's Landsberg. He's like, "Oh, that piece of shit." <laughs> it's like every time Landsberg's brought up, he just Reinhardt just shits all over him as being like some useless romantic, which is pretty much what he is. And it's just like something in the next few episodes seems every time Landsberg's brought up, Reinhardt's just like, that motherfucker, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, I don't know if they knows him personally, but, like, he has some disdain for him. Maybe it's just because he's a noble or something. It's like he's brushed shoulders with him once, and he feels the need to shit all over him every time, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... We get a cut to the two of them, both uh, Schumacher and Landsberg, um, in some hotel uh, on Odin now, and they're with one of the handlers from Fazant that came with them. I don't know if that guy had a name, the guy in the trench coat, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and they're having like a lunch meeting basically to discuss mm-hmm. business. And when uh, the captain is like, you know, asking about it, uh, the the guy with them is just like, he's like, oh, don't worry, enjoy. This isn't sure we're on Odin, but that's beer produced by a Fazan distillery or a brewery nearby, and then like. This food is from a Fazan farm nearby. This hotel like, is owned by Fazan. Yeah, they're saying this like, hotel is like there's a lot of like businesses on Odin that are Fazan owned and stuff. Yeah, just like hey, don't worry, we've got our fingers in many pies already around here. And the guy's like, I don't fucking care, man. Like, it's, well, it's like Landsberg is just eating out of this guy's hand, but it's great because Schumacher hasn't really had too much um, presence. And in this whole scene, we find out that he really has his head on a swivel. He's not, you know, going to be led around by like Landsberg is. Yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. handler guy tries to like. So they they're in the hotel room and they have like a quick meeting. And the handler guy mm-hmm. tries to leave, and Schumacher chases him down to the elevator and pulls a gun on him. And he asks him like straight up, "What is Fazan planning and all this? What's our role? Because like I know you want us to do a thing, but like we I don't have the full picture." 
And so, like, clearly you're trying to bribe us. This isn't my first rodeo, Brodeo. What the <laughs> fuck do you want out of this? And he's just straight up, well, Ryan being good means they won't need the corridor as much, and it means our financial influence is slightly worse. So we want to, you know, Shake fuck shit up, up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, get our financial influence back. Like, we are a military, you know, economy, so we need that. <laughs> So um, we get a shot. We get a scene of uh, Hildegard goes to Kilki Ice's grave. Does well, there some was grieving. sorry. There was there yeah. was one other little thing. Um, right before he lets the dude go out of the elevator, he pretty much says to him, "I want to talk to your direct superior, who's giving you orders, because this guy who's meeting with them is kind of a a mouthpiece for yeah. another dude, a dude whose name I cannot remember. I thought it was Rupert that was in charge of. Their well, this is or. the dude. This is the older dude with the blonde hair, and then there was the other guy with the brown hair he meets with him later i oh, couldn't uh, keep the name straight i'll find but it yeah later. he basically asks for rubinsky like let's be real he, he yeah. wants to get a meeting with rubinsky is what he wants and the guy just straight up is like that's not possible like i can't do that so um there's a scene of hildegard uh going to kilkeis's grave um kind of mewling over the fact that they miss him etc she i guess his grave is close to anna rose's house because that was her final destination um she goes and meets Anna Rose for the first time, I think, the two of them. And um, her purpose was to go to her and try to convince Anna Rose to allow uh, either her to go back to the uh, the Odin's castle or Reinstein or to put guards around her house. Because Reinhardt is still concerned about her well-being, even though he doesn't think that she's the target of the kidnapping plot. Um, Anna Rose says she doesn't want to be guarded. She doesn't want to have anything to do with Reinhardt at all. They talk about their childhood, and we get to see that great flashback yet again of Anna Rose as a kid talking to Kilki Ice and crushing on him. Um, she's and then, yeah, like she has a lot of survivor guilt. Yes, of that course, is the main thing. She's sad that Kilki Ice died, and she's alive. Yeah, and uh, then you know Hilda points out like, hey. You know, you tasked Kirky Ice with this thing, and now he's gone. Maybe you should consider doing part of it in, on his behalf. Like, at, at the very least, let me put a guard near your house. Please. It's what Kirky Ice would have wanted as well. And then she's just kind of like, all right, fine. Uh, put some guards. They better not be near here. And also, there's, like, some small boy. That actually, uh, I, I didn't realize until after the fact. The small boy, so she has a guy, um, his name was, uh, oh, crap. It's around yeah, they, they referenced his father. I couldn't remember who the heck it was, though. No. But it's kind of her ward, more or less. Like, she yeah. has a Julian, is yeah. what it is. What is his name, Carl or something? He, he even looks ki- like Julian. He's got the same sort of feathered hair and brown eyes. Uh, I found <laughs> It's Conrad von Mater, and he was the kid back in episode 22 who got, it was on the ship that met the other Conrad who got his arm blown off, remember? This is back during the Oh, yeah, the Conrads. Yeah, the Conrads. Yeah, Adventure Conrads. Yeah, Yeah. Conrad Von Motor. Yeah, it was Conrad Lindsay. And I didn't realize that until afterwards. So he. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. He has some anti noble feelings (laughs) about this whole deal. But (laughs) he is, um, yeah, he is, I guess, related somehow to Anna Rose. And so that's why uh, he's helping her out. And he kind of hates the military at this point because he was kind of giving lip to Hildegard the entire time she was there. Mm-hmm. But and a lot of like, oh, I'll protect her if she needs protecting. And Hilda's kind of like, that's very nice, young man. <laughs> it's very noble. <laughs> but like, I'm gonna have adult guards with bazookas <laughs> nearby. <laughs> 
Um, so we go back to a scene of, this is an interesting one, of Reinhardt talking with a commissioner, Nicholas Boltsky, who I guess is a Fazani ambassador to the emperor. Um, they oh, yeah, start... that's a uh, Baltic, yeah. Yeah, they, uh... yeah this is, this. Uh, I kind of tripped over the words earlier, but um, when Schumacher was talking to the dude in the elevator, he was looking to talk to that guy's boss, who is oh, Baltic, Baltic, basically. Yeah. Sorry about it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so Boltic and Reinhardt start trying to talk about, hey, I heard there may be some stuff happening if Hazan is like, whatever could you mean? And Reinhardt eventually says, just cut the shit. Well, what are you planning to do with this kidnapping plot? And um, it's funny because Boltic starts sweating the entire time knowing that he could be sacked at any you know given moment. But he says, uh, Rubinsky, he basically spills the beans. Say Rubinsky wants Ryan to conquer everything. And the best way to do that, he wants Ryan to conquer... Sorry, he doesn't spill all of the beans. He spills the beans about wanting Ryan to conquer the entire universe, but he kind of leaves out the assassination plot later against him. But yeah. um, he wants the kidnapping to happen in order to create a government in exile, um, because if the kidnapping goes on and happens, then it's almost uh, a assured thing that the the uh, kid king will go to the Free Planet Alliance and just make a government in exile there. Um, this mm-hmm. is going to give the Galactic Empire their cause of belly to just roll over the free planet alliance um yeah and the best the best part of this exchange though is easily like so he kind of just tries and gets reinhardt on board with the kidnapping right like he's just like hey so like we're good to kidnap this guy like you know about it and you can stop it at this point like you absolutely could just make this not happen yeah so could we make it happen though and he's like all right, but you have to let us just go through the Fazan corridor. We just don't want to deal with the Isselhorn corridor anymore. And he's like, "Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry." I, and he's like, "He's like, you said you're cool with me ruling the whole amp, like the whole the whole universe, dog. That means I get to go through that fucking corridor. Like, is this not okay with you?" And he's just like, "Oh, uh, well, I maybe and I Reinhardt need to discuss like, it with like, really? Rabinsky. Oh, well, I thought you said that you could that we we were negotiating here, and this would be valid. What are you talking about?" That's weird. It seems like I would be able to just have that now, actually. And yeah, just really putting the screws to him. Because apparently this guy just never thought, like, oh, if we agree to help him take over, maybe he will ask us for the one thing we have that he gives a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, Reinhardt like, also brings up the point that, like, so do you really want me and the, and the Free Planet Alliance just to pile our ships into Isilhorn and die so you can take over? That's really stupid. Why would we ever do that? So, um, yeah, the thing he's also mentioning, he also kind of angles at is he's like, you know, one way or another, they're going to be two powers merged. Either I'm going to take them over or you're going to join hands with me and we're going to have to take on the third person. Do you want to end up getting, you know, reamed on both sides after I've taken over the Free Planet Alliance? Because <laughs> pretty much said, I'm going to own you eventually. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, would you rather would you rather be owned gently, or would you rather be owned destroyed. in a way where <laughs> I just burn Fazan and then build a new Fazan <laughs> where they aren't they aren't dicks, <laughs> <laughs> but better this time. <laughs> so yeah, Baltic was kind of taken back about uh, how Ryan just kind of demanded everything of him. Um, it should be noted that during that conversation, it comes up that Fazan wants the Galactic Empire to rule politically and militarily, but Fazan should be like doing finances and trade. They also want self-governance, because even though they're kind of an autonomous planet, they still want, of course, more governance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, episode 37 starts out with a History Channel talk about the uh, Galactic Empire's palace on Odin. It's like Nonsaganti or something like that. 
it's a really big it's just, ground. It, it's huge. Uh, yeah. It's huge. No, it's no got... Sensoshi or something. Yeah, that They've it, mentioned yeah. a few times in the yeah. past. Yeah, and it's, yeah, a it's giant huge. Palace. It's got a billion. It's a billion gardens. It's all this area for parties and celebrations. And Reinhardt has stopped those parties and celebrations. A, not really his style. You know, like remember, this is the guy who, as a kid, sprinted into the middle of a noble <laughs> garden party and shot a gun. <laughs> like this is this is that Reinhardt. He's not super keen. <laughs> and all the families that threw those fam- through those are also probably are dead. Dead, yeah. yeah. All like half the nobles are fucking gone. So the parties are a real bummer. It turns out real bummer palooza when you're like, hey man, oh shit, is Jeff here? That guy made the best. Oh, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Oh right. Yep. Shit. War criminal. Well, what Sorry. A- <laughs> oh man. Well, at least Steve's here. That guy always brings twelve bra- bags of Blazing Buffalo Ranch Doritos. Steve was also and dead. like that's gonna. <laughs> God damn it. How am I going to get my buff on? I need to get my blazing buff on right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's mentioned during this History Channel talk that, of course, being in a royal palace, there are hidden tunnels and stuff, you know, for nobles to escape in case of whatever. Um, apparently, the guy, uh, what was it, the Lipshack guy who is uh, Landsberg or whatever, used to be around the palace a lot and he knows of some of these tunnels. So he's talking with Schumacher about how they're going to infiltrate and capture this king using these yeah, tunnels he, and whatnot. He mentioned as I think he said it was passed down through his generation, or somehow one of his ancestors knew about it and became. Yeah, like he, I, he was the, really playing it up because it's like it's been a family a family secret for five generations, and now the time to use it is has arrived. Yeah, like I think he was saying something effective, like not only would they use it to escape stuff, but like lovers would use it to you know meet up and have you know secret rendezvous and shit like that. And I guess you know, the and the family, whole time Schumacher basically doing a jerking off motion like yeah whatever man uh they talk about um creating some distractions elsewhere in the city so the police uh go away from the palace and all that um so there's a scene of reinhardt saying how he could fuck up fazan's plot by telling the free planet alliance about the kaiser's kidnapping plot like if he spills the beans about that kidnapping plot to the free planet alliance the free planet alliance obviously will not be stupid and take the kaiser to you know get the wrath of the galactic empire um and once again we have oberstein and uh reinhardt having the discussion of hey do you want to let bad things happen to good or at least innocent people and then reinhardt being like i don't know and oberstein's like okay it'd be like it'd be super good for us though yeah so oberstein (sighs) drops the thing that like this plot is good in two ways i mean as much as fazan trying to you know tell them what to do it will one give them a reason to attack the free planet alliance two give them access through the corridor uh the sorry the fazan corridor and three get rid of a liability which is the kaiser sitting around um and, like, if it goes down badly, they can just go fuck start Fazan. Like, they can use this as a Reason kicking off point yeah. to go so, take that. Yeah, so yeah. really it's Reinhardt thinking that the only problem with this is, I mean, he doesn't really have any true feelings for the Kaiser, even though he's a kid. But he would see that Molt, there's a guy named Molt who's a security guard, I guess like an old guard admiral. Um, well, it's, it's, he's like, he is the person who is appointed a, the head of palace security, and he's a very, like... He's a veteran commander. You know, he's a very honorable man who's done his work his yeah. entire life. Like, he's not... He's, like, semi-retired or something doing the he palace is an stuff. innocent. He, he is innocent at the very least in this capacity. Yeah. Like, this is not his fault. Nothing... It, this is not his fault that this is going to happen. But if it does happen, he's super definitely going to kill himself. Is like, the thing. Like, Overstein and... They both know. They're just like, 
So he's going to kill himself, right? Like, he's going to be so ashamed, he's going to go, yeah, all right, okay, well, uh, I guess we got to crack a few eggs. Yeah, they're also saying that Kessler would be very upset about this being, you know, the chief of police and all that. Yeah, there's basically (laughs) the equivalent of, like, a dude serving on, like, you know, a a very long, very long, very honorable duty as, like, a police officer or somebody in the military and then retiring to something like as a... I don't know, much more quaint position, but still something of some standard. And well, he's the Kaiser's guard. Yeah, yeah, like he's the, the head of protecting the king. Oh, I know. Yeah, like I know. it's a pretty good job. Yeah, and it's also sort of like given given the state of things now and the important and not you know how the importance of the Kaiser's downplayed. I'm sure at this point it's almost seen as a semi cushy position to some degree. Yeah. Um, so Ryan decides to go along with this plan. He doesn't like the fact that he's going to be throwing some allies under it, but mm-hmm. Oberstein makes the comment saying that all monarchs have thrones not only on the bodies of their enemies, but their allies as well. Um, he, yeah, it's like Reinhardt's like, I feel bad losing somebody who is very, you know, served his time, a very good man, and then Oberstein's kind of like, why stop at just one person? <laughs> Oberstein uh, really smells blood. So Schumacher and the other Lipschak guy is talking about um, they're, they're talking to the Fazan handler guy saying they're going to need a getaway car. They're going to need a getaway ship in order for this to work. Um, the Fazan guy is trying to not be involved as he can. <laughs> like he kind of is trying to wring his hands of this, but he says he'll have those ready. Um, the, he says they got a smuggling ship for them. And uh, if you're paying attention to the cast of characters, is probably an idea of who that smuggling ship is. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, uh, there's a scene of Reinhardt summoning Oberstein to talk about the replacement for the Kaiser um, because they realize that yeah. if the Kaiser's taken and he makes his government in exile where he's killed or something, who's the next on the list to come in? Um, and they find uh, a baby who is obviously going to be very easy to control as it is a baby. Yeah, there's uh, an eight year old. Is not eight month old, I should say. Yeah, the pr- eight the pr- month so old the, baby. The Kaiser yeah. that's being going to be stolen, he's practically a baby. The replacement is an actual baby. <laughs> an actual baby. Thank God. This gives us way more time to take over before he can, like, say a word or anything. Yeah, I think uh, and the there's baby an issue is actually with a, uh, the, a, a lady. She's like eight months oh, right, old. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Oberstein's like, yeah, even a Kaiserina will do right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then the thing is, though, the parents uh, have some debts, uh, like for the, the dad kept buying ivory or something. <laughs> yeah. He <just> really <laughs> likes <laughs> ivory. He has an obsession with ivory. And so Oberstein's like, well, what are we going to do? And Ryan's like, fucking, I don't know, man, go pay off his debts. Take it out of the military budget or something. I don't give a fuck. It's like his dad's like, in like prison for tax evasion or some shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, funny, we can't really have that. During this conversation they're having about this guy, Kessler Bustin says, hey, there's these assholes. They got a plot. They're probably going to, you know. Hey, I'm, there's some people probably about to kidnap the. And then, like, yeah, Reinhardt's like, shut the fuck up. Don't want to hear it. Do not want to hear it. He's like, well, he's like, I want to be able to claim I don't know about this. What do you mean he doesn't, about this? He doesn't explicitly the say. The thing you were going to say. Yeah, he, yeah. Does, <laughs> he doesn't explicitly say he wants plausible deniability, but he definitely interrupts Kessler right as Kessler is about to give information about it and tells yeah. him to go deal with it. He's like, oh, but it's yeah. not the time and place for this next topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we it cuts to the nighttime. Um, Schuma. Uh, Schumacher and Landsberg are breaking into the fortress through their tunnel. Yeah, this is this is basically the plot of Home Alone. <laughs> so I'm thinking that Landsberg is basically Daniel Stern. 
God. I think he's the one that fits, and Schumacher's maybe. Schumacher is like an interpretation of Harry Lime, which was Joe Pesci's character. Played a little more straight. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you remember the actual in character name. I had to pull up IMDb. (laughs) God damn it. Well, they managed to break in. They go to uh, take the baby king away, and shocking no one, the Kaiser is a giant turd. Yep. Like, (laughs) they go in like Macaulay Culkin. Yep. They're like, we're going to take you away, sir. Well, he's like more of a dick than Macaulay Culkin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's just like like a little jerk baby. Yeah, Yeah, he legit stands up. Ezra yeah, he's like, hey, we need to ship. go. He just picks up the teddy bear. He's like, why did you wake me up? I don't want to go anywhere. Fuck you. And he's like, <laughs> rips the ear off the teddy bear, throws it on the ground. He's like, I'm the king. You're supposed to kneel to me, bitch. Schumacher's <laughs> just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Come here. I'll get him in a sleeper hold or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, no. And the thing is, too, is like, Libchat, like or when they first come in and he's like, you're supposed to kneel to me. They both like, all right. And it's they like do kneel to him. immediately like, does it. And then Schumacher's yeah. like, fucking really? And then he's like, we need to go. And then, yeah, Schumacher's like, <sighs> one sec can you just choke the kid out i'll go get the fucking sack <laughs> i find really funny he'll, he'll also later. is when the kid's making this noise like one of his caretakers comes into the room and you see it, it, I, I love it because that lady is clearly tired of this shit she's just like oh, oh yeah she's totally time? fed up <laughs> yeah it turns around and sees schumacher pointing or landsberg yeah, pointing a gun at her she just passes out yeah they hide in the they hide behind the doors mm-hmm. basically so she walks past them just sees this ripped up rabbit on the ground and it's just like oh dipshit baby king <laughs> and just yeah turns around to see a grown-ass man with a gun pointed at her just like shut the fuck up and then she just faints yeah. and hits the ground <laughs> Yeah. So uh, they take the I'm king. I'm surprised they trusted Landsberg, of all people, with a gun. Because <laughs> yeah. he was, like, shaking like crazy. Yeah, they take the king and start to make their escape. Um, one of the other caretakers finds the king is missing and alerts the palace guard. Um, they start searching the grounds, and they find that they uh, that they left via a tunnel underneath a statue of Goldenbaum. But Molt doesn't want to destroy art, so like it's taking them longer than they should to find these two. The, the uh, dude who three. recaps the story in long form and annoys Molt, he looked exactly like Benjamin Franklin. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Molt's like, what happened? Well, it all started two days ago. No, what happened? What happened? The king's gone. Fuck! Yeah. So after the whole plan goes out without goes off without a hitch, um, they do they, they like cut off all flights out of the planet, they keep all this stuff together. Molt basically does his job as best as he can because yeah, Molt is, in Molt's fact, not, not, not incompetent. Molt's fault at all. Like, it's not Molt's fault. Yeah, none of this is Molt's fault. Like, maybe not blowing up the statue to try and get the kid is, like, a little dumb. But at the same time, it's not super his fault. Uh, then uh, we cut to Hilda uh, talking to Ryan and just kind of straight up calling him out. Like, hey, so remember that time I listed off three targets they would probably get? Yeah. Remember how you had more guards around you? Yeah. Remember how you had more guards around your sister? Oh, yeah. No, I super did that. Remember how there were more uh, guards around the king? Huh? Oh, yeah. No, I super did that. You super didn't do that. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. suppo- oh, I was supposed to do that? Oh. <laughs> Fuck, I knew I forgot something. So, so uh, you super did that on purpose, though, to get him kidnapped, didn't you? And Reinhardt's just kind of like, uh, maybe. <laughs> You're not my dad. Yeah, she also asked, like... Uh, she also asked about, like, so you did this because you want to attack the Free Plan Alliance? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, well, what about Molt? And then someone busts through the door and is like, uh, Molt killed himself. And they're like, oh. <sighs> yeah, like, it was it was really, really well-timed. Just immediately, just like, 
what about Molt? You know he's going to get in trouble for this, and he's going to take this really hard. And Ryan's like, yeah, but I mean, I think that situation will probably resolve itself as much as it sucks. And then someone runs in and is just like, that situation resolved itself as much as it sucks. And he's just like, wow, that did suck. Told you. Man, I called yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, Reinhardt has a quick console. He tells the uh, fleet admirals about what's happening. Uh, Mittmeyer kind of puts blame on the old nobles, like the Lepstad guys. Um, Rutenthal says it's probably a good idea to do some PR control, let no one know about this that doesn't need to know, stuff like that. Um, Oberstein at this meeting says that, they, hey, they could be running to the Free Planet Alliance. He totally fucking knows when he says that. Uh, Reinhardt restates the fact that this could cause a war, and they adjourn. And then the last scene of the episode is uh, Mittmeyer Rutenthal talking about who, who this benefits. And uh, Mittmeyer's like, well, I don't know who it benefits, but uh, get ready to get in your ship because we're probably leaving soon. <laughs> we're going to war again, boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is clearly a war move. And uh, that's how we end with another another declaration of, so it's wartime, isn't it? And yeah. then next time, things got bad again. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we've done our obligatory uh, politic episodes. So the next couple should be military. <laughs> Mm, yeah, we've done our bounce back and forth. And I mean, for what it's worth, I really like these episodes. Like, they were a little less maybe bombastic in nature, but at the same time, these ones, kind of the cloak and dagger stuff was explosive in its own way. Like yeah. having him bust in and take the baby king and <laughs> showing off immediately. The best part, too, about that that I, I think we maybe glossed over is when they are kidnapping him and the kid is acting like a little shit. There's definitely, like, the two kidnappers exchange glances like, oh, my God, man, this is what we're doing this for? Like, <laughs> yeah, are we they, sure? they are kind of, they can't believe it. This is what they're, yeah, doing it. <laughs> yeah, like, especially because, like, Schumacher is, you know, he's obviously, you know, very, he's a romantic for nobility and that kind of idea. Even he looks like. I don't know about this, Not sure about man. the other guy, and, but yeah. Yeah, Landsberg, Landsberg's just Landsberg, like... Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they... Uh, yeah. It, it's it's clear that they're having regrets about this <laughs> as they are actively doing it. Just like, man, maybe nobility is kind of stupid and we should let this stupid blonde kid run shit. I feel like Schumacher is just, at this point... <laughs> I feel like at this point Schumacher's just constantly saying to himself, why did I leave Pheasant again? I've made a yeah, huge wait, mistake. Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like he's not been on board this entire time, it feels like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a mix up. Yeah, Schumacher's the one who, like, held the dude up yeah, in yeah. the elevator with a gun and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's our uh, that's our episodes for this week. Next week will be 38 to 42. 42 yep. Man, and we're approaching somewhere near the halfway point, kind of. Sort 55. Of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Episode 55, well, plus prequel, so like 52 maybe is about the half point. Either way, getting there. Close enough. Getting there. Um, And hey, uh, thank you for listening to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes, the podcast that we never say the name of during the podcast because we're really good at our jobs. What was the name of it? Uh, And Podcast of the Galactic Heroes, Ah. or P-O-D underscore G-H on Twitter for, like, announcements and stuff that are definitely on time and never a day or three late. (laughs) So, (laughs) and if you aren't already subscribed on uh, iTunes or Google Play or whatever service you're uh, going through, uh, please do. And if you like it, feel free to leave a review. And, uh, you know, you can just type Machiavelli and Garfield three times and put five stars and press send. And I won't tell anybody. I'm not a cop. So <laughs> thanks for uh, listening and hanging out. Until next time. 
Space Anime.